podcast of uh, Courtside Indiana uh, podcast. Joined again, as always, with Zach Tyler. On, on Monday evenings, it's pretty much going to be a regular here now that we've established that that uh, every Monday, at least during the off season, we're going to try, try to come up with some good topics. Zach, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Jim. I got to go out and play a little golf today with, uh, with Ryan Lightfoot and his dad, and it's always fun getting together with those two guys and just talking talking basketball but just just talking about life it's just, it was just good to get out and do that today are we are we ready yet to just to let everybody know what ryan's doing or is that still hush that, hush that's still a little quiet for right now all right well just so everybody knows we've had that scoop first that's right and uh zach is is on top of that one so probably an unfair advantage but uh <laughs> well the, the last couple of weeks we're sort of moving down the class so a couple of weeks ago we talked about um sort of some sleeper incoming seniors. Then last week we talked about the top sophomores in the class, regardless. I mean, mostly we viewed last week as recruiting. This week, a little bit of a different mix. We're, we're focusing on the freshmen, but we're just going with the guys that made an impact on varsity. Obviously, we're not going to get them all. Um, and we are admittedly focused partially on what they've done statistically as representative of, you know, in max preps, there's also going to be some kids that we've seen who probably statistically didn't have great years or coaches didn't turn in stats uh, that we're going to be able to talk about. So we're not going to be able to click every kid that had a good year statistically. Uh, we're going to sort of mix in the ones we've seen, uh, certainly the ones we've seen uh, either live or on video i've seen a few on video since the season since the sectionals were you know since we basically ended the season but um but zach let's start with you uh going up uh, some northern indiana kids what a, start with a couple of kids that you saw this year that again made an impact on the varsity level we're talking about statistically or starting or or guys that just played bigger than normal role, roles at the varsity level for what freshmen uh, would, would normally play yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, up here in this part of the state, North Central Indiana, South Bend, like we, like where I'm from here, and then the region area, I feel like it's a pretty deep class at the point guard position. Uh, so, yep. so you might hear me say a lot of things about a lot of the same things about some of these kids. Uh, uh, I guess not all good things, but what they do well already, maybe, uh, and what can they can maybe touch on and improve on a little bit as the se- as the years go on here. Uh, so some of these guys are already making an impact and relied upon, but a lot of these guys also are are uh, are not necessarily relied on to score, uh, or or do major roles right right now. Uh, but the first guy I wanted to talk about, top of a lot of people's lists, I know uh, Ashton Williamson at Calumet. Uh, he could be a one, maybe or a two. Uh, he's he's relied upon quite a bit right now at Calumet to handle the ball. Uh, talked to a coach who who said he thinks he's got a little Jay Nivey in him if you're familiar with Jay Nivey from from Marion played at Lalamere this year going to Purdue now uh, but with his pace and his tempo can get to the rim uh, I, I think he's a little better shooter than Jaden is right now as a freshman uh, sometimes he'll make a pass you'll be like how in the world did he do that 
And then same time, you can say, why in the world did he do that <laughs> on some other passes? Yeah. So, uh, but he's, like I said, he's really relied on, relied upon for Calumet right now. Uh, quick hands, length on D. He can, he can really finish at the rim too. Got a nice floater game. Uh, and he can show his range with, he's got a quick release too. He, and he doesn't back down from anybody. He's one of the kids, just briefly interject here, he's one of the kids that I've seen since the season was over, had a chance to watch their their sectional games on video. Sure. Uh, as I was depre- depressingly watching <laughs> games on regional Saturday from the week before. Um, I mean, obviously against Hammond, they had they had more than enough athleticism to match up with him. Definitely. And and, and those kids were stronger. He was, he was pushing the mistakes, but you could definitely see the talent there. But, oh, yeah. But that's been my only viewing of him so far. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely. I know we're not looking, we're not necessarily focusing on the recruiting side of this yet. We will have some players that we talk about at the end that um, that probably have a little bit more recruiting upside than what they were able to produce from a uh, freshman season standpoint. But but Ashton's one of those guys that had a really good year this year, and, yeah, and recruiting wise has a really has a has a seems to have a clear path, uh, you know, recruiting wise. So who who else do you have up there? Uh, somebody else I want to talk about here leading off was uh, Jamie Hodges from Michigan City. Uh, small yep. guard, uh, gets after it on defense, is a bulldog on defense. He can shoot it, dish it. He's really shifty, good hands on defense, likes to pressure the ball. Uh I guess the knock on him would be his height. We've talked about height here in the past few podcasts for guys. And he's, I think they have him at five, eight, uh, but he's just a terror on defense. And like, like I talked about with Ashton, he can just, he can get to the rim. Uh, maybe not finish as well as Ashton right now, but, but he is really good player. Uh, and maybe not relied upon as much as Ashton was this year as well. Cause Michigan city had a really good team, but he's definitely one of the, important pieces to their puzzle there. Um, and I actually had heard at one point that Lalu was looking at him to try to snatch him out of there, but, but uh, he stayed put in Michigan city this year. So we'll see what happens moving forward with that. Um, I, I think when you look at it's, it's really impressive. And again, some people can say that maybe we're a little big school focused, I mean, Calumet's a 3A school. Michigan City certainly is a 4A school. Um, it, it's still impressive when you see kids like that at a big school producing as a freshman. Definitely. Um, you know, getting getting a lot of playing time. And, and again, the, well, there's some kids in the Indianapolis area that played almost ex- exclusively JV. There's some kids in the region, and, and I'm sure other parts of the state, that played exclusively JV that we'll, we'll touch on later. But, but – um, yeah, Hodges would be sort of that same way. There's, I mean, obviously, as you go through the day or go through this podcast, you're going to be talking about a lot of guards because these are obviously kids we've written about already. These are kids we've talked about already, uh, at least off the air. But, but moving down to Central Indiana, Southport, a rarity, especially for a big school, started three freshmen, and the the primary of which, at least statistically, is AJ Dantzler, Um he and Kean Miller both were basically starting, you know, part of a three guard rotation or a three starting guard lineup 
for Southport this year. And Dantzler is a kid that not sure he'll ascend recruiting wise, the same as what Julius Mays did for, for Marion. Um, but Dantzler plays a lot like him in, in terms of he's not ultra quick. He, he relies, he relies a great deal on change of pace. He relies a great deal on hit the fact that he's a pretty strong kid already and he shoots the ball well. And, he he makes pretty good decisions certainly for a freshman he makes good decisions and you know those he he had a heck of a year i mean he averaged close to 17 points a game this year for southport a team that um was was maybe a little bit better than what they thought they would be uh with coaching change and and going through all the the stuff with nick and Zlimba, which is you know if you don't know that story kind of look it up um but when you when you lose kids, you're sort of prepared to have. Sometimes you, you can sort of scramble to fill in the blanks, and and they had a nice they had a nice year considering how young they were. Uh, the other one, the other guard that I mentioned was was Keon Miller, and it's a kid that I really only saw a couple games during the year. I Dantzler I had seen quite a bit coming into the season. Miller I did not see until I got a chance to watch him play some varsity games. He hit some shots. He's quicker than Dantzler, at least by observation he is he may not actually be um but liked in the game i saw against greensburg at the uh, the tip-off classic there in december and um got a chance to watch him during the county and had a decent game there um but it wasn't it wasn't as good as what i saw him against greensburg the other one is anthony ball who's sort of just already filled out in like a man body i mean he's six six he's really strong good athlete Decent hands. I've not seen him do much away from the paint, um, but he is definitely a kid that's worth worth looking at. You know, he's right now he's playing a lot of center. You know that if he doesn't get much bigger, he's going to have to do more. Uh, but he's got a lot of time to do that, and that's a kid. Now you get a chance to maybe watch him this summer a little bit if there is a summer. Um, see how his game progresses, or see how his game is in an AAU situation where positions and roles aren't as strict aren't as stringent as they are during the school year um but it, but this is a great time normally a great time for kids like that to experiment and really work to expand um now the next one from franklin central this one's an obvious one from both a, a production standpoint or an impact standpoint as well as a recruiting standpoint and jalen hooks from 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 franklin central six 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 seven depending on what you're reading um, improving skill. He's a kid that is an early maturing kid. He's a, but he's a big, strong kid. He's athletic. He plays hard. I, I really like his motor. Um, he is going to improve his ability to face the basket, you know, each, each time out. If you, if you go through stretches where you don't see him play much, you're going to see noticeable improvement. The kid is a gym rat. Uh, the, the kid, his shot mechanics have improved just from his eighth grade year to his to the middle of his ninth grade year and he's a, he's going to be a kid that probably is going to battle for that top player in the class moniker as we get deeper into this recruiting stuff um right now that's where we've got him we're not going to talk a whole lot of in depth about um rankings at this level um but as far as i'm concerned in what's shaping up to be a pretty deep class i don't i don't know yet how i feel about like the high major guys, I think Jalen's right there. 
but it's going to be a very deep class. And, and Jalen's one of the top, you know, definitely in my mind, he's a top prospect, but definitely if you look at the top five or six guys, he's right there. Williamson, who the guy you named would, would be among that group as well. Right. But, um, you know, hooks was a kid that started all year for Franklin central and they are, I don't really remember how many seniors they relied on. I saw them play twice they're pretty young and I, but I look for him to have a much bigger role, even though they're not going to graduate a lot of guys um, or any of their key guys, really, he's going to have a bigger role next year. And, and that dynamic always tends to be interesting when kids move into their senior year and think this is their year. Um, but one thing I know, Chris Byers is, is a motion guy and there's a lot of balance normally in what they do. But he'll find ways to make sure Hooks gets touches. He'll find ways to make sure Hooks gets opportunity to be featured offensively. So who else up there in northern Indiana? And we'll, we will include southern Indiana. But who else up there uh, has uh, made an impact on the varsity level? Uh, yeah. Uh, t- kid I've talked about a few times before, maybe. Uh, Deglin Sullivan at Mishawaka Marion. Yep. Uh, played the two this year with, behind senior Jerry Bracey. Uh Love this kid from the first time I saw him play. I got to see him three times this year, actually. Uh, he can also run the point if they need him to. Really good ball handler. Uh, def- he's just solid with the ball. Doesn't turn it over. Uh, he's very smooth. Uh, can shoot it also. Loves taking it to the basket. Loves running running uh, fast breaks. Uh, moves well off the ball as well. Can come off screens. Knows where to cut. Uh, definitely, like I said, can be a spot-up shooter or he can slash to the basket. Someone to watch moving forward, I definitely think for them, especially uh, next year with Bracey graduating. He, The couple videos I've seen of him, he, the kid's got a green light oh, yeah. pretty much anytime he touches it. And and I know a lot of times in the highlight stuff, it, it, obviously it's all makes, but, but at the same time um, – Really liked the amount of freedom he got in transition, especially, and that that's always impressive to see a freshman or any any kid really shoot with that kind of confidence. Yeah, definitely. And 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 hit him. What, what, give me one more. Anybody? How far east can you stretch? Oh man! Before you dig back into the before you dig back into the region. <laughs> east. Let's see if I've got yeah. anybody east on the list here. Um, maybe Jackson. Gould I mean, the guy at Warsaw. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw him really early this year against Valpo. So I got to see a couple freshmen going at it there on Mason Jones, and I'll talk about him a little later. But, uh, yeah, Jackson, we talk about recruiting-wise, maybe picking up here in the next couple of years. Uh, 6'1", shooting guard. He's somebody that we'll definitely be talking about, I think, here in the next couple of years. And – and either one of us has seen Jordan Green, right? You've I know I've not, no, obviously, I've but not. you you've not seen Jordan Green no. at Fort Wayne North. No. That's gonna be a kid that's gonna be a guy that we're gonna have to get some eyes on this spring. And and you know, North has not been great since uh since the Keon Brooks, Jalen Butts years and since uh you know, Coach Shabazz left for Richmond, they've struggled. Uh that whole Fort Wayne situation se- seems to come and go with with coaching personalities. Um Right now, with with I'm talking about the the schools within the Fort Wayne city limits. So we're talking about uh, right now it's Bishop Lures and and Snyder, 
and um, it's kind of a free for all up there a little bit. Um, but yeah, Jordan Green's a kid that, especially if you're in the Fort Wayne area, you really you really need to keep keep an eye on. Um, but moving back down a little bit further south, and again hitting hitting on both notes in terms of production and in terms of recruiting is 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 Draven Gibbs. Uh, started for started from McCutcheon pretty much from day one. You know, and again, it's not fair. You you watch a team early in the year, you don't get a chance to revisit them. But statistically, it just seemed like when I watched him early in the year, he was the only kid that could score. And as the season progressed, you look at box scores, he's the only kid that could score. And shot well from three, so that bodes well. I don't I don't really have what he shot overall from the field. But he's a kid that's got a lot of different ways to finish plays. And probably offensively as gifted as there is in this class, um, he is going to have to play the point if he wants to maximize his recruiting. Um, I, I think that's definitely primarily, or ball handling-wise, that's certainly within his acumen, uh, his abilities. He does, you know, a lot of possessions, a lot of usage. And, the you know, it'll be interesting – to see what happens with him high school wise. I know there's some rumors going around that he possibly could be transferring to, to Noblesville with a family move. Um, there's the whole Lala Mir thing as well there with him um, or the whole prep school thing. I shouldn't single out Lala Mir. That's not fair to them. Uh, but, but there's the whole prep school angle with him as well. Um, but he is a kid that, I mean, I really liked him a lot as as he was coming up this is the class that i coach so i liked him a great deal when he was he's coming up he's he's just a kid that is extremely complete offensively or extremely gifted offensively i don't want to say any of these kids are complete and he's a capable defender and and sometimes when he gets lost defensively as a lot of freshmen do he get does they he gets lost basically staring at the ball and losing losing sight of his man um, moving down to a couple of kids out of Southern Indiana, let's go ahead and start in Evansville. And, and again, as far as impact goes, the, the biggest one was Blake Hurtis at, at Evansville North about six, two, six, three, probably as he graduate, as he goes through high school, he'll be a kid that probably does a lot of different things for North. You know, he'll probably be a guy that every now and then sneaks in a triple double even. I mean, I think he's going to be a kid that this year, I think he averaged somewhere in the neighborhood of four, four and a half assists a game and probably four or five rebounds a game and I think around nine, ten points a game. And those are good all-around numbers for most kids, let alone a freshman. And I didn't get it. Seeing him last summer, his he needed to improve his shot mechanics. And, and that's, you know, when you haven't seen a kid for a year, there's no doubt in my mind, given the amount that he produced and that he that, – it's continued to improve, but it wasn't like it was something that needed a ton of work. It just was just little things. And, and, and some of it was, you know, being in a situation when you see him play in the summer is there's definitely this start the ball with the, start the possession with the ball versus being the guy who comes off screens. It, there wasn't a lot of both. There wasn't a lot of ball movement. There wasn't a lot of prolonged possessions where ball movement, um, you know, it would, it would find him again if he gave it up. 
So there's a lot of possessions where the ball's stuck with him. And again, that's, I, there'd be a lot of possessions if I was coaching where the ball would stick with him too. So nice prospect down there in Evansville, no question. Another one is Evansville Wrights. Isaac Higgs is a kid that uh, played a lot of varsity early on as they had some injuries. As the season progressed, he didn't play as much. But I know that in, in some of their bigger games, especially like even against Carmel, he got a chance to play good minutes at Southport. Um, and some earlier games, he was able to get in the, you know, eight, nine, ten points per game area. Not not on average, but but in terms of having that kind of production. A long, good athletic kid. Um, plays a lot, played a lot of point to JV level. Obviously, with Lander starting on varsity, you know, being on the team, the, the ball – he was the, the point guard of the varsity team, although uh, the other guard, um, the football player, whose name now is going to escape me, also did a lot of their ball handling stuff. But but Higgs is a kid that his older brother is is going to be a senior, a little bit of is a different player. I mean, Higgs is definitely a pure guard. I mean, he is definitely a kid that can play both guard spots, especially defensively. And um, I mean, he's he's going to be a kid. I'm going to get a chance to coach him this year if we have a summer. So I'm looking forward to it, but he's he's one of the top two or three kids down in Evansville. But um, let's let's head back north and um, see what else you got going up there, Zach. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Mason Jones a little while ago. Uh, Valparaiso, six six, great build, strong already. Feel I feel I can play through contact and finish. Uh, I only saw him take a dribble from the top of the key maybe once or twice. Uh, and get to the basket, but he does, can finish just because how big and strong he already is. Uh, but most of his damage is already is just done in the post right now. Uh, maybe a little ways from there, he he can get out in transition. Uh, would like to see a little more outside shooting from him just to see see how he is with that. Uh, but some definitely can add to his game, I'm sure. Uh, doesn't really take over games, I don't feel like right now. But uh, I could see that happening in the future for sure. Keep going. You're all, you're, uh, you're doing well. Let's go. Yeah. And then me some more North, Northern Indiana guys. There's a lot. Oh, well, there are a lot. And then, uh, Marcus Burton at Penn high school. Yeah. was a, was a point guard for them this year. Started, uh, not any freshmen really start off at Penn. Uh, but he, he was able to this year, uh, Good on D, get in your face. Not always good decision maker, but but overall game is very very solid right now. Uh, he did force it a little bit because Penn was down a little bit this year with losing Lutz and Applegate and uh, and Bo Ludwig, but uh, but but I see a lot of potential in him moving forward here at the point guard position. They played. How how much did the Smith kid play? Yeah, uh, so the Smith kid would come in also, and him and Marcus would play together occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but Julius. Julius, yeah. yeah. Joe, I think they call him Joe, too. They do. Okay. Yeah, they do. But he uh... – His name's Julius, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that we do know. His dad's, name's, his dad's name's Julius. They call him Joe just to, like, mix it up. Sure. And that may, that may be a middle name. Um but uh, yeah, his dad was telling me about how it's just easier just to keep calling, just to call him Joe. Sure, yeah, he was somebody I was going to mention a little later, but we can talk about him now. But uh, okay, 
very similar to Marcus, uh, maybe just because size-wise, really. They're both smaller point guards, uh, but also shifty, quick, gets after you. I mean, kids, a couple kids you really don't think of as being freshmen when you see them play, but they're out there and they're just getting after it and they're not scared to back down from anybody. The um, Moving back down to Indy, and then right – Right in the city. Um, probably the best prospect in the city is Keyshawn Ware at Attics. Kid who, really, really good outside shooter. Really impressed with his touch, his range, he quickly, how quick his release is. He, most of his shots, from three at least, are... Strictly stationary off the catch, not coming off a lot of screens. I mean, they're not running a ton of offense for him, um, you know, especially with, with Sincere McMahon doing a, the bulk of their scoring and, and Jalen Carson and getting, you know, and getting touches in the paint. I mean, Kushan, they're, they're maybe they're definitely like maybe their third leading scorer. Uh, and when you throw in Donovan Barrett and, and a couple of other kids, you know, Addicts had some weapons, which – you know they they had a good year playing up on the six you know playing four A this year with their success factor but, uh, but but really impressive there would be some games this year where you'd see Kushan sneak into eighteen twenty points hovered around the ten point per game area um, hit a couple of shots against LC you know against Lawrence Central when they played him during the year and you wonder maybe he can get going a little bit but that kind of got shut down um, you know the emotions of that game kind of took him out of the game a little bit. And a lot of it, again, for him, a lot of it, and for a lot of these kids, it's, it's, it's defensive. It's the little things. It's, it's things they can absolutely control. But because they're freshmen making mistakes, they, they kind of get sucked up in the emotion. Um, and, and then Tenley is a kid that really from a recruiting standpoint, Jaden Pinkston is the best of the three. And his brother Jeffrey – is is a notch is a couple notches behind from a recruiting standpoint. Jeffrey's a six four shooting guard, maybe a, maybe a three, but handles the ball pretty well. Um, he had he had a really good year, and I you know and but their best scorer of the three freshmen was Billy Brown, a little lefty guard who basically just fires it from anywhere and everywhere, and. I mean, we could talk about shot selection, but, you know, Coach Dillard was fine with it. I think he, you know, first-year head coach, literally first-year head coach at the high school level, guy that's had a lot of AAU success, you know, he coached Eric Connery, coached Aaron Henry, uh, just the, the guys that, you know, everybody, they know who they are. Um, but, but Omar let those guys play, and he had a senior point guard who could command – the ball and, and manage possessions, but Billy touched it. Billy was letting it ro- letting it rip. He was really good in the fall league that that we run at Fishers, um, and it, and it carried through the, the school year. And and you could tell the more disciplined teams that could keep him in front, he struggled against. You know, I saw him play University, and and I'm going to tell you, he probably scored well against University, but I probably would say it wasn't a very efficient game. But he definitely can shoot the ball, and he definitely, if he can get you on his hip. He, and he's got one more dribble in him. He's going to get into the paint 
and be able to put up a nice controlled floater. Um, it's pretty predominantly left-handed. But, you know, going back, Jaden Pinkston, probably the bigger upside there in terms of what his production will be as he goes through school and, and recruiting-wise. Um, but then you look at Jeffrey Pinkston as well as a nice piece, 6'5", six, 6'5", five, six, five kid who rebounds the ball well, really good around the paint. His Both the Pinkston kids' shots mechanics will need to improve. But, again, we're talking about a lot of these guys are in that boat. Um and, and both, all three of those kids are nice athletes. The the Pinkston brothers are probably more athletic, but Billy's really shifty and quick and, and gets in and out of spaces pretty easily and uh, really liked both of them. And two more kids that I wanted to hit before we went back up north. Both of them are at Cathedral. Both of them had starts in and out of, during the year. Um, Jake Davis and, and Javon Tibbs. Jake Davis is 6'6". Six, six. He's a skilled forward. He's a kid that, that has a nice shot uh, for, for a kid his size uh, as a freshman. Um, anytime, he got that, anytime he got a shot from three-point range, it was pretty stationary. Had some nice post-ups uh, in, a, in a couple of the games I saw. And overall, just a kid that, again, the more his game develops facing the basket, the better of a, the better of a prospect and more productive he'll be. Javon Tibbs probably – one of the best wings in the state uh, and a kid that at cathedral, there's a lot of wings. So he's playing behind or competing with upperclassmen. Um, and, and as some of those kids graduate, he'll have it. Both those guys have a bigger role next year and they'll have, a, they have another freshman that we'll talk about later who probably figures in as, as much, if not more recruiting wise, but played JV all year. But, but uh, Tibbs is a kid who's, who shoots the ball well off the catch and does a good job of finishing when he gets by his guy. I think there's some still mid range stuff that he can work on, you know, shots in the paint floaters, stuff like that. Um, and how he gets in and out of shots off the dribble will be a big thing for him. But, but, but what I like about both those guys is, and you've got to do this to play at cathedral is they're both willing defenders and, and both of them figured out ways to stay in the rotation, you know, late in games. And, and Jake especially was, was closing games, at least some of the games that I saw where, where Tibbs eventually kind of gave way to older kids. But, but that takes care of the city with maybe a couple of lesser exceptions, but, but guys that I need to say, see play more. But, but I'm talking about just the city school. So uh, what, what else up north is there? Um, I've got Jordan Woods from Hammond. Uh, another yep. another big school we're talking about here, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, another guard as well. He was not relied on to score this year. Didn't start. Came off the bench for them. Uh, he can score it though. Better passer and finisher at the rim than some of these other guys I've discussed. Uh, so he, and he he shows that he's a little more under control also than some of these other freshmen we've talked about. Uh, not sure if he can shoot it from outside yet. But uh, but very solid solid point guard. He was running the running the show when he was in there. Like I said, he did not start, so he came off the bench for a very good Hammond team this year. Uh, and then that's somebody else that I didn't get to see play, but I watched a little film on him, and he, people are high on him is Kamari Slaughter from Portage. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kit, he's I'll tell you what. I, obviously, I'll we'll get to what you saw on tape. 
tremendous body, yeah. really athletic kid, yes. and and plays real hard. And if you've ever watched their middle school guys, uh, their their eighth grade coach is is outstanding and runs. I mean, again, I equate this. He runs a lot of motion, basically, and he runs motion well, for, extremely well for what what he has to work with as an eighth grade coach. Sure. And I don't know what he'll do if he continues to coach for you know for coach snodgrass up there in their middle school program but i got a chance to watch him play two or three times each as a seventh grader and as an eighth grader for this coach and just a phenomenal job but go ahead with what you saw on video yeah just a little bit uh almost averaging a double double 14 and, and nine uh a lot of his points are on putbacks picking uh stuff like that around the rim he can shoot it a little bit but that's not really his game right now from three uh, can pass the ball as well. Almost average about four assists this year as well. Uh, but definitely somebody up and coming for Portage. Keep going. You're good. Uh, and then a couple guys that are kind of under the radar right now. Uh, played some this year, but not a whole lot of varsity. Uh, Marcus Northern from from South Bend, Washington. I know he's going to be yep. relied upon now that uh, the three-headed monster of Vaughn Petty and Griffin are gone. Uh, that was a ton of their scoring for Washington. Uh, steady with the ball. Like I said, didn't play very much this year. Uh, but moving forward, him and freshman Tyshawn Grundy are going to be big parts of this the, the South and Washington team. And then maybe one, one other person I'd need to get to check out uh, we discussed before the show, uh, Demarion Anderson from Elkhart. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what Coach Sears has for him next year, and uh, what other kind of players come out. It'll be interesting to see how how those schools come together, and what kind of team they come up with this next year. But Kamarion or Demarion, yeah, that part of that. That will be interesting. For those that aren't keeping up on that, Elkhart Memorial and Elkhart Central are merging scholastically into one school, and and. So they're they're uh, they're uh, eliminating the consolidate or they are consolidating basically, and I don't I don't know when was the last time. I mean, when was the last time we saw two four A schools consolidate into one? Would it be? Would it be? Was Elston? Would that have counted? Would they have been a four A school when they merged with Rogers and just became Michigan City? Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, we're and we're obviously there's been a lot of movement in Gary. There's been a lot of movement in Indianapolis, um, so that point may be moot. But in terms of just Elkhart being a specific school district where you knew there's two schools in the city, they're both they're both coming together. Right. It's been a it's it's been a long time since that's happened. I'm not sure it's ever happened. Other than the closest one might be might be what happened at Michigan City. Um, Whenever the heck that was, sure. I, I don't even remember when that was. That'll just be a, a um, an interesting situation to see what happens. Uh, all those kids there now are kids going to transfer out because they don't feel like they have opportunities now. I mean, well, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. Well, that'll I mean that'll definitely happen. I mean, there'll definitely be some movement there. Uh, it'll be it'll be real interesting to see. Um, two more kids down. Um, one is Jesse Ferris from Ben Davis, six six forward. Uh, pretty much played varsity the whole year. About mid-season, got four or five starts. 
was productive, was a kid that would rebound for him, screen for him. Every now and then we'd get some garbage baskets in the paint. Um, as the, as the end of the season came on, Ben Davis, Ben Davis started the year with some kids missing games, uh, for, for injuries. And, and I think maybe one missed some games because of a transfer. So as the season wore on, they were getting more varsity bodies in there. Jesse spent much of his time getting JV minutes, but, but still a kid that made an impact at the varsity level as the, um, early in the season. And, um, and that's a kid that they graduate a lot of guys. So that's a kid next year that looks to see an uptick in, in his usage. Um, another kid, a couple of other guys that we need to get to that aren't maybe in the Indianapolis area, but still sort of North maybe is, is, uh, Braden Shrewsbury. His father, Micah played at cathedral, uh, was a was had a really good career at Hanover. Has since coached for Butler, Purdue, and the Boston Celtics, to name a few. Not too bad. Uh, he's at West. La- yeah, he's at West Lafayette. It's a kid that the the three times I saw him play didn't start, but is also a kid that I think by the end of it was definitely their best score or their best shooter as a freshman, and definitely one of their best scores. And and certainly a kid that they went to in a lot of situations, and was really s- surprised slash impressed at how much of a green light he had playing for Woody. And, um, you know, that their, their head coach is as good as it gets. They, they like Woods is a very disciplined guy. Uh, West Lafayette is, is a high academic public school. A lot of times their best basketball players are kids where basketball is not a priority for them. It's either football or baseball and they don't get a whole lot of kids that go through there that, are basketball, you know, mainly basketball guys. And so Braden Shrewsbury may be that one kid that he gets a chance to coach that's that way. The, the, um, the, um, God, I'm going to forget his name now. Um, daggone it. The, the linebacker that's going to Purdue was our leading scorer this year, uh, as a, as a junior, you know, and that'll be a kid that pretty much everything he does is around the paint. So, after this year, Shrewsbury is going to be it beyond the paint in terms of experience. Karloftis, is that who it is? Karloftis, yes, yes. And um, by the way, his footwork's impressive. But but that's uh, that's that's a football podcast. But, um, <laughs> and then the other one is Christian Johnson out of uh, well Park Heritage. Now it used to be Rockville. Talk about consolidation. Turkey Run and and Rockville merged together. And football wise and basketball wise, those those two sports, they they had an impressive year. And Christian Johnson, six foot one inch point guard, probably tapped out physically in terms of just maturation. Not to say that he won't get stronger and won't be still be able to, you know, continue to improve his body, but but a kid that has relied on being really having a lot of physical advantages. Um and you know, where it goes from here, I, you know, he's a kid that had a productive year. I, I certainly think he's going to continue to up his production. be interesting to see what happens with him recruiting-wise. I think he shoots the ball pretty well. He's definitely a really good passer. He's got good vision. Uh, they, they need him to do a lot of things at, uh, at Park Heritage, and, and they, had a, they had an awfully good year. But, but those three guys are guys who kind of knock off my list there as far as um, – uh, not all Indiana, Indianapolis area kids, but uh, certainly kids that sort of get down more to central Indiana. What anybody, uh, any more up north? I, we got a 
got to get to some Southern Indiana kids here pretty soon, but um, uh, that was a really, give me, give me a couple more up. North. That's about all I had on my list for tonight. Uh, like we said earlier, I didn't really get anywhere East, unfortunately this year and to see any freshman wise anyway. Uh, so that, that pretty much takes care of some things up here. You're going to have to dig deeper. We're going to have to dig deep. I can't be doing all the talk this <laughs> week, but um, all right, let's Southern Indiana. Oh, actually, yeah, I do have one more. I forgot about Luke okay. McBride at Norwell. Yeah. Yeah, Coach's kid. Coach McBride's – there's only a thousand – first of all, there's about a thousand Mike McBride yeah. that seem to have some sort of coaching. One of them I used to coach for is the head coach at yeah, Holy Cross. Holy and when he was – he got North – he got coached the year. I texted him and said, are they sure they had the right one? And and that's that's just kind of how we are. But um, – but, um, yeah, McBride's son there at Norwell shoots the ball. But go ahead, talk yeah, about it. Yeah, Jim Rat, you can tell, obviously, with the dad we talked about, like you said, also shoots the ball really well, moves up off the ball well. Just all, he was relied on a lot to score this year when uh, Geiger was down too. Uh, so moving forward for Luke, he's going to be he's going to be a good player. They have what three or four freshmen? Yeah, they that they'll started. Or three or four kids in that class that will that they're going to rely heavily upon for the next well three years. Yeah, definitely. When I saw them this year, they came to a tournament at Mishawaka Marion. They they had four freshmen on the court at one time at yeah. one point in the game. So yeah, you're right. They've got some other freshmen as well. Um, moving Southern Indiana to me the the best prospect in Southern Indiana is Jaqueline Roberts at, at Bloomington North. 6'6", six, six and seemingly forever long. Um, just a kid that some a little bit as an eighth grader and will, will definitely definitely improve. <laughs> I mean, it's scary. You, you look at – you hate to get too um, – you hate to get too – far ahead of the game as to what type of a player he'll be. Uh, he's, he could easily end up being a kid where he looks, his skill levels improved. Does it translate to the next level? You know, does he, the more he is a three, the more recruitable he is. He definitely played a lot. Uh, got, got a lot of minutes at Bloomington North this year. Moderately productive. They've got a young team. So any any uptick in usage for him is going to have to be with him fighting through older kids. There's not going to be a whole lot of graduating ahead of him going into next year. Uh, Talent-wise, he is extremely talented, long, good athlete. We touched on some of that. His shot mechanics have improved each time. I've had a chance to see him play. Um, and and really just, just interesting. I, I don't – quite have a great feel for his athleticism yet um but it's not like he's i mean i i think he's got good feet he he runs well uh just his explosiveness i, I don't know that yet um it's it's not something that i've had a chance to see but but from a recruiting standpoint a kid that made an impact but from a recruiting standpoint he is the the best pro i mean he's one of the top five or six prospects in the state uh some other kids in southern indiana that Caden Oliver, point guard at Madison. I, I don't know how much he started, but I know there were some games where he, he was productive and, and he had a good year. 
He's an excellent shooter for at six foot, six one, uh, more of a point guard. At least that's where he'll maximize his potential as a kid that can, um, you know, be a primary ball handler, be a decision maker. Um, athletically, good athlete. So he's he's a kid that I've seen defend at a pretty decent level. And then just where it goes from there, a lot of it is going to be his physical development. Um, Cooper Horn is a kid that did not start very much at Columbus North, but was very much, very much part of their rotation. And I would say closed a lot of games. Um, very reliable for a freshman as a kid that can handle the ball offensively. I mean, like run their team offensively. Got most of his minutes playing off the ball. They, they sort of have a mixed bag there where the ball ends up in Blake Barker's hand a lot coming up the floor and understandably so, but Cooper is a kid that, um, a good shooter, not a great shooter yet, but definitely a good shooter. Certainly somebody that you just can't leave open. Um, and a real tough kid. I think a lot of these guys defensively, he made of the guys I've seen, he's probably the most disciplined defensively. And I'm talking about kids who can defend, are willing defenders and able defenders. He he is extremely disciplined defensively. I think you could see there would be some times where they would put him on people, the opposing team's best player, or maybe the opposing team's best shooter, and and give him a chance to go at the kid because he's also a kid that if he tore, tired himself out or picked up some fouls, they, they, it wasn't going to kill him. I mean, he had a good year, but it wasn't going to kill him if, if he was absorbing a couple fouls because basically it wasn't Barker and it, it, it wasn't Chiavino. So um, those two kids down at the, or those three guys down at Southern Indiana certainly belong in this list. And, and I'll move back to, to central Indiana with, with three point guards um, that I've purposely grouped together. One, the, the kid who had the best year statistically is Dylan Moles at Greenfield central. Probably one of the, I mean, he's definitely one of the best shooters in the class. Six feet, a little small, so the more he is a point, the more recruitable he is. But he's also a kid that can play off the ball and be a kid that he already, as a freshman, comes off screens screens extremely well. He reads his defender. They run some stuff for him at Greenfield. Um, And and next year they'll run a ton for him because they do graduate some kids there. Um, Really loved his willingness to, to penetrate. As a kid that when I saw him when he was younger, basically was just a kid that would just shoot. And now he's become a kid that, that can put the ball on the floor and get into different types of shots. Uh, Preston Roberts at Noblesville, kid that probably started a handful of games this year. One of the better athletes in this group, we talk about Draven Gibbs, we talk about um, Hooks, we talk about the, the, the Tenley kids, um, and where at, at Addicts, Preston athletically is right there. He's a, about 6'3", plays the point for Noblesville this year played off the ball quite a bit they graduate a lot so he'll be a kid next year that we'll see his usage go up and what I like about him is his versatility and what I love about him is his unselfishness and just how good he is defensively sometimes he's a little ball hawkish on defense so he will get lost you know he'll get backdoored that's certainly improved playing for coach Peck and Paul um, but very, very capable defensively and is a kid that especially maybe some seniors he would struggle with, but you get guys that, that, I mean, there'd be times where you could put him on people and just basically 
shut them down or at least contain them really well. And another point guard I like out of the Indianapolis area is Logan Imes at Zionsville. The kid that um, didn't start early in the year for some injuries, moved after some injuries, moved into the starting lineup. For my money, he needed to start the entire year. I, I get it when coaches love their seniors. I, I, I get it. Um, but I thought the games that I saw early in the year, especially, they were better with him on the floor. And late in the year when they were forced to start him because of injury, he, he didn't disappoint. He was – he made some big plays for them early in the season and the sectionally he made some big he made some big plays he kind of got them going in the in the sectional semi it was the game against fishers which was excruciatingly low scoring and he made some really nice plays and there's one play in particular where he catches the ball sort of just inside the three-point line against fishers zone and goes one dribble baseline shoots the ball right behind his back, gets right at the paint, drops it off to, to Gunnar Vanetta, their big, their six, their six ten senior, who finishes the play. And, and that really got them going. They, they scored the next six points. And it just kind of loosened up Fishers a little bit because now they had to guard somebody who was willing and able to get into the teeth of the zone and make a play. And, and really, the, statistically, I, mean, I don't really remember him scoring a whole lot that game. But just the decision making and his ability to just pinch the defense and create defensive movement was just able to find people, find that next play, and then open up the next shot. So those three guys at uh, the point are um, definitely guys that that had impact on the varsity team this year. Um, I had a couple more. Good, go. Okay, uh, at North Judson, freshman. Yep. Uh, Ty Shoemaker. Yeah. He was their second leading scorer behind his senior this year. Big impact for them. Uh, haven't seen much of him, so need to get down to see him in North Judson. It's about 6'1", I believe. Uh, did you ever end up seeing any tape on him or no? I mean, other than highlights, no. Um, so a lot of makes. Um, he's a good athlete. He's long. And I, I like that about him. And I, I think he's watching him shoot the ball. It, he's, I mean, he definitely is a good shooter. He, he shot a good percentage this year, which was sort of the appeal for trying to get up there and watch him play. Um, but tried not to send you on recruiting junkets for me to just focus on the website. Right. But, but, you know, he, well, I liked his I liked his shot mechanics, to, and he's, again, he shot a good percentage. So there's no reason to think that he's not just a really good shooter. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He was their second leading scorer, and a new coach coming in. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. But um, definitely got a good one there to uh, to build around for the next for the next three. Yeah, years. and I think they're pretty young also, so it'll be interesting, like you're saying, with the new coach. Uh, and then the other kid, who's also a really good shooter, uh, is. Paul Leisure from Tippy Valley. Yep. Yeah. They had two kids that played a lot for them, right? Um, that, yeah. Uh, Com- this is Cumberland. Comerford? Cumberland. Cumberland. There you go. Cumberland. Yeah. But yeah, Leisure was the, the bigger statistic. Yeah. He left and, and again, that's what, yeah. We're, and that's what we're focusing on. So. Um, 
Man, I'm having a hard time finding something here. Um, the um, oh, that's what I'm doing. All right, never mind. Um, two more kids from Southern Indiana, both wings, and really four more because the the third group I'll talk about as a duo. Uh, Peyton Bledsoe at Lagodi. Really, for them, just a as a freshman, just a niche shooter. I mean, not to say he won't develop into something different or more as he gets older, but for them, filled that role. And he was, he's a kid that got some good press early in the year. I think as, um, I think as Ligoti, Ligoti had a really good year for them. He was, he was a contributor, averaged about 10, 11 points a game. And I think the question with him will be, again, outside of their schedule is how good is he defensively? But, um, Definitely offensively gave them what they needed this year out of a freshman. And Caleb Dewey out of Edinburgh uh, is a kid that one of the leading scorers in the state as a freshman and pretty athletic kid, pretty, pretty shifty with the ball scores pretty well off the dribble. And again, sometimes you get kids like that and this isn't their fault. They're, they just got to play the hand they're dealt. They're Edinburgh they're not challenged as much as some of these other kids are athletically um but he's a kid and a couple of the things that I saw him play in this you know last fall he was he was good he, he stood out so that was good um but a kid that shot could shoot the ball better and that'll that's something that he'll have a chance to improve upon but I see you know you average 15 16 points a game as a freshman very few times you see that not take a pretty decent jump as they get older. And then um, the two kids from Corden that started for them, they ended up having three three freshmen that played quite a bit. But the two that were the main ones were uh, Tyler Fessel, who started at the point for them, and Anthony Martin, who's, again, productive-wise, had a good freshman year. He's probably more of a football player. He's certainly more of a football body. He's about one more of a three um, and he'll have a good career there. But Fessel, I think of the two is probably the higher ceiling of that bunch. And, um, you know, both those kids started on a, a court and team that a, a lot like Southport probably did better than what people thought they would do. And, and a lot of it was because they were getting production out of two of their freshmen. But uh, a couple more things I want to touch on before we kind of clean up the list and make sure we're not missing anybody. Anderson dressed, played some combination of, of six freshmen on their varsity. And the, the main one was the main two were, were Davion Turner and Eric Troutman. Both kids are, are good athletic guards. Troutman probably athletically the higher ceiling in terms of just I like his length I like his his skill with the ball Turner's a kid that um, relies a little bit much on being athletic and I that, that sounds like a really backhanded compliment to say that he's not as skilled I, he may not be as skilled as as Troutman but it's hard to see Anderson was pretty average this year. You know, again, we talked about a couple teams that, um, 
that did that exceeded their potential. Uh, well, Turner, I'm sorry, I'm getting Turner and Dylan Fuller mixed up. It, it's it's Fuller, not Turner. That's the freshman. It, that's that's the kid that um, that probably tries too much. You know, that probably relies a little bit much on his athleticism. But but then their third freshman, the the guy that started and actually statistically had the best year of that group, is is um, Latrell White, six four, forward. Really, most of his production is around the paint. Every now and then, you'd see him stretch out to the three-point line and get a shot, but it's not comfortable for him yet. Um, but definitely a kid that I think rebounds well. He's He had, um, you know, they have lapses on defense, and, and really Anderson struggled defensively at times. Just a lot of those kids not really understanding great concepts off the ball. But White and Troutman especially, especially Troutman, I think has a, has pretty good – upsides from a recruiting standpoint but but Anderson's got some kids you throw in another Jalen Murphy who's going to have to really reshape his body to get to a point where he's where he's overly productive at the varsity level but he's got some good size he's got some decent hands um, you can add him to the mix there at Anderson as well and then one more kid that I want to talk about is is um, yeah, maybe two more kids Nick Thompson out of Fort Wayne Lures not a guy I've seen play much. Saw him play a little bit in the summer. Not enough. Um, not enough to really get a feel for what he what he did. He played on the same team with Draven Gibbs, and you know Draven um, was was the, the much larger usage in that game. Um, but he he played a big role for Bishop Lures this year, who had a really great regular season. Is he Nalen's um, brother? His older brother, Na- yeah, he is. Yeah, Nalen's brother, and Nalen's one of the better wings in the the incoming senior class in a loaded incoming senior class which we've touched on quite a bit and another one is is miles colvin out of heritage christian um kids really improved a lot the last year and a half and you know in the summer plays a different role than what he plays during this during the season in the summers when i see him play he's just straight out gunner and you know it's Look, there's there's times for that. It's a chance to build a mentality. Uh, during the school season, um, he he was brought off the bench, but you could tell that he had some freedom when he was in there. And you know, early in the year, he was able to play through mistakes more. I think as the year went on, he was not able to play through mistakes as much. I know in the sectional game, he played limited minutes and really didn't play hardly at all. I don't even think he got in the second half. And you know, I think that's a learning process for him. And, and, you know, there's no question that the talent is there and, and it'll be interesting to see because they basically play five juniors uh, that start, if I remember correctly. So it'll be interesting to see how that rotation is mixed up as, as those guys progress in the next year. But, um, but that kind of locks in the players who are productive. I mean, at this point, we're just kind of scoping down you know, we're, we're scoping down, uh, you know, max preps to see what kids were able to make impact on, on good teams. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, Aaron Spalding, the head coach at Eastern Hancock, both of his sons got pretty good varsity minutes. And, you know, and you look out West, you look at guys like Mason Larkin and, and, um, 
and Carson Chad and Owen Snedeker, uh, Larkin at Fountain Central, uh, Carson Chad at uh, Southmont, and then Owen Snedeker at, at Seeger. All three of those guys were, were varsity starters this year and, and productive. Um, and then a couple of kids in the city that I didn't really get a chance to see very much. Um, Deshaun Primus from Purdue Poly School I didn't even know existed until November. <laughs> and then uh, Kamari Jones at Irvington, who had a really good year. Both those guys scored about 16 and a half a game. Kamari is the, the grandson of Kevin Jones, who's a longtime assistant at IUPUI. And his his father of the same name, Kate Kevin Jr. We you know most that know him call him KJ. KJ had a really nice career at Arlington, and um, and and Kamari at a at a much smaller school. I mean, when KJ was at Arlington, Arlington was really good. Like you know, those were the you know those were the Devante uh, De, 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 you know Deontay Von days and the the Martin Brothers days and and those dudes and all the guys in between and and. Um, Really, um, really like Kamari's shot making. Um, just not a whole lot else to go with him. And they they got beat by Heritage Christian in the sectional game that I went to. So as I was watching Kamari play, was also watching, um, was also watching uh, the Colvin kid. By the way, Miles Colvin, his dad, um, his his dad uh, played for um, God, I forget his freaking first name, Roosevelt Colvin. <laughs> Played at Purdue football at Purdue and and two time two or three times Super Bowl winner for the uh, New England Patriots. But um, did you did you get a chance to see like guys at like Bryson Hanna at at Glen or or the kids at Northwood play at all? Yeah, I got to see Bryson Hanna play a couple times uh, at Glen. Big body freshman, dad's coach there. Uh, he's he's a big baseball player though, so he chooses. Yeah, you'd mentioned chooses that. baseball over basketball in the summertime, uh, but but just has the feel for the game. Coach's son again, like I said, so knows what he's doing when he's out there. That's for sure. And I, I think before we move on, I mean Marquette Catholic played three freshmen quite a bit. If I'm not mistaken, at least two of them started, if not all three. Um, and and that's it as far as. I think guys we're going to talk a whole lot about. I mean, there's there's some other dudes. I Man, we could go down this list and just start clicking kids off right. off a scoring list. But but now from a recruiting standpoint, there's there's still some names that I, I think need to be mentioned. Um, both where you are, and I'm and I'm going to probably screw this up in Southern Indiana, but both where you are, and um, and certainly down where I am. What what were some of the names that really focused? They were really mostly JV kids, if not all JV, that you think we need to be paying attention to as these or the fans in the area need to be paying attention to as we roll into this, maybe even June. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit, but, but as they roll into next year, especially. Uh, that would be a tough one for me. I didn't get too many JV games in this year. Oh, you no. did. <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to make me talk about like Cooper Farrell and AJ Lux and, and all those guys up there. Yeah, I mean, I can talk a little uh, bit about AJ because I saw him play briefly in the game I I was at against Munster that they played in. Uh, so AJ AJ, yeah, he played pretty well for the few minutes he was in. Uh, he's a point guard, and and uh, he's more of a two. two. Sorry, guard. He's, yeah, I mean that's 
Oh, I just I gotta I'm gonna write down the name here real quick while I'm. Yeah, so he's oh, while I'm talking. Yeah, six one. Right. He, he and growing. I mean, his, for those who don't know, his dad TJ Lux, Indiana All Star, nineteen ninety four, ninety five, ninety five. Um, played at Northern Illinois. Outstanding college career. I uh, had a chance to play professionally overseas. Uh, the thing with Lux is he's a really good shooter, really good shooter. And while I don't think he's going to be as big as his dad, he's going to end up being about 6'4", 6'5". And if he's a really good shooter at 6'4", 6'5", that changes things. And of some of the northern Indiana guy, northwest Indiana guys that I think he'll be a kid. You look at him now, he's thin, he's under, you know, he looks, sometimes he even looks frail. But I, I think his ceiling is there. And it'll be interesting to see, obviously, a lot of it is going to be based on how he develops physically. But but definitely a kid to keep an eye on um, as we get deeper into the recruiting process. Um, Carmel had three kids on the JV level this year, two of whom started varsity. I'm sorry, two of whom dressed varsity. My fault. Uh, three kids that played JV for them. It's a it's a pretty loaded class for Carmel. Um, it's probably it'd be interesting to see if they all stay at Carmel. I'm talking about. I've got eight or nine guys that I think could end up being varsity kids some degree, somewhere. Um, how that all plays out, you know, a couple of them do play other sports, but most of these kids really are focused on basketball. But the three kids that were JV this year that were starting, Spencer White, 6'4", 6'5", forward, Sam Orm, 6'4", 6'5", uh, wing, um, and really, there's not much difference in that those positions at Carmel. And Jared Bonds is six five forward. All three are skilled. Uh, White and Orm are the, probably the better shooters of the three. Um, both are all three can put the ball on the floor. Um, White and and Bonds Bonds especially is probably the the best defender of the bunch. But but White's good, and and Orm is certainly a willing defender. Uh, you know, Sam Orm has dealt with some injuries coming into this year. And a kid that's grown a lot the last year and a half, so it'd be, so his body kind of went through that process painfully. It's probably the best way to say that. I don't think it was anything was instance related, but definitely, um, definitely had a full season of, of of healthy basketball, and that was that was good to see because he had been struggling with that a little bit. Spencer's interesting in that he could be a kid that has a lot of growing to do. Um, the, he just just have reason to believe that he's got a lot of growing to do. And you look at him, you can kind of see it. Um, but, you know, he may also end up being maybe only squeezing out a couple more inches. But if he's six six and is, he's as skilled as he is, then he's going to have a pretty promising career. A um, couple of other kids down here, uh, one down here especially, Xavier Booker at, at Cathedral, the kid that I think is attracting a lot of interest. Um from the recruiting types and which I understand he's six, eight, he's long. He shoots the ball pretty well. Um, and definitely going to be a part of his game. He's not a post player. He's probably a guy that could get some post-ups against certain mismatches, but he's, he's, I mean, he's really thin and is no different than the com conversations we've had in the past about, you know, Mabor Majak as, is he going to have the, the core, strength sure. to be a guy who can control games in the paint offensively right 
To me, the answer is no. Um, although it's not a very big class in terms of size. So maybe as he gets older, he's not going to have a lot of guys staring at him eye to eye. Um, but it's a class that um, ceiling wise, he's probably the best five, if you will, depending on how you view some guys. Um, and as a kid that probably the only reason why you played hundred percent JV this year, is just because of physical strength. And, and I mean, as he gets older and he's able to get on the floor more, he, he compliments Pete Moe pretty well. So they will be able to play together, at least offensively. They have a complementary skill set defensively. That'll be an interesting decision Delaney has to make. Um, but he's also not afraid to throw a zone out there every now and then. Um, and a kid that has pretty good instincts at the rim defensively. Offensively, I think he's got a chance to get better and guard some different people. Um, but right now, he just – He's more of a rim protector defensively. Um, and another kid that's in this area is Nick Reichardt from Zionsville. Um, truly, truly skilled. He reminds me a lot of Charlie Williams at Carmel. Can go over either shoulder, puts the ball on the floor pretty well. Um, average athlete. Defensively, he's, he understands positioning. He understands what he's supposed to do. Also, a kid needs to get stronger. He really looks a lot like Charlie Williams at Carmel. We've talked a little bit about him, and it's certainly people in this area who go to games have seen Charlie play. Nick is that way. And Nick got some minutes on varsity this year, um, and his time definitely as they graduate, some kids will, will come next year. Um, and then one more kid before we move on. Uh, Nick and Zlimba is – Obviously, a kid this this fall heading into the season drew a lot of attention with his his home situation and his, his status at Southport. Um, all through it all, a, a, at least a good kid to communicate with, and and certainly a talented talented kid. Athletically, he's he's an, a plus athlete. He's got a great body. You know, I think that that physical advantage will will wane as he gets as kids get older and start to catch up with him physically but then where he can go from there is he's, he's still a plus athlete and his skill development is is going to improve and i i don't fully know for sure if he's going to be at southport next year um, i don't know that he's not going to be at southport next year i just think that when you have a situation that is as as was interesting and as convoluted as this one became um you know, sometimes, especially with the way this the school year has ended, um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But but really, just through any chance I've been around the kid, he's just a, he's just a good kid and a kid that's caught up in it, regardless of what the details are. We know he's not he's not at fault, and um, you know, hopefully, he has a chance to to stay here and and have a successful high school career and be able to move into it, um, be able to move into college with it. So anybody else up there that you wanted to touch on? Uh, I think we pretty much covered everybody that I was going to talk about tonight from up here. Um, two more names I'm going to throw at you. Both Lafayette area kids. One was a, was a 
kid that I should have added, mentioned earlier, Ben Henderson at Lafayette Harrison, 6'1", pretty steady. Um, you know, when you're a team that has uh, a really good sophomore point guard or a, or a good sophomore point guard and, and then Jordan Walters, who was probably, you know, one of the best seniors in the Lafayette area. I would agree. Besides, obviously, Barnheiser. Um, but the Henderson kid came in for them, and that's another guy that defensively they they put him on people, and he would he he didn't start, but he would come in and and play, you know, major rotation minutes, and there was never a hesitation to to play him, and I I think in, in talking with their coach, he definitely was a kid that they relied on defensively when he was in there. They had no fear whatsoever of putting him on, on anybody that really just wasn't a size disadvantage. Um, and then the other one is, is Chris Simmons at Lafayette Jeff. And, and from what I could tell, he played all JV. Um, at least he didn't get any varsity minutes, the games I saw. And I'd have to look at the varsity roster to see if he was on it. But he's a kid that physically might be tapped out. So where it kind of goes from there. Remains to be seen, but he's about six five. I I love his hands. I love his passing. He's got a good motor. He's he's probably not quite three point range, but he's not really a post player. He, they, when I've seen him play, there's been a lot of offense run through him. Um, and is uh, you know just a guy to look out for. I think that. You know, with a couple of the guys that are going to have graduating at Jeff, obviously they'll, they'll have Braxton Barnheiser back. Uh, they'll have what they'll have um, Ashton Beaver back. Uh, they'll have it'll give Simmons a chance to move into the rotation at the very least, and and likely starting. Um, and 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 as a kid, that I'll be interesting to see. As much as I like the way he passed the ball in the summer, I could, I could see them running some stuff through him, getting Braxton open. Not, not that he's going to be a primary ball handler, but but definitely running some stuff through him, and then uh, getting Barnheiser some screen, get him off some screen action, and and have Chris uh, Chris find him or or Beaver coming off some screens. So I wanted to make sure we got through those guys in Lafayette area. I'm sure we're missing people. I'm sure there's definitely guys in Evansville. Um, I want to I'm sure that Fort we're, Wayne as well. That we're missing. I mean, we're gonna get a lot of flack for not talking about the Linton kids. Um, you know, especially Joey Hart, um, as good as Linton was this year, those two kids played a, played a big role, you know, I mean, they've, they obviously have Lincoln Hale, who's, who's going to be a senior and is committed to Indiana state, but then their, their next two guys or two of their next three guys or are, are both freshmen and, uh, coach Hart's son, Joey is, is the name there. So, um, uh, anything, anything else before we maybe switch gears real quickly and then sign off? Yeah. Um, Matt Moore is the new coach at Warsaw up here coming from down your way. Fishers. Yeah. You, uh, you heard anything about Fishers, anything going on there yet? Nothing, nothing specific. And I mean, we, I've got an idea of guys who I think would be good sure. there. I, of course, those would be guys that would be good anywhere, but, um, I don't know, dudes that I think would be interesting, and I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. So people, their community, don't freak out if you hear their names. I mean, Mark Galloway, you and I have talked a lot about yep. that. 
be his chance to get down to central Indiana. Uh, now that Trey's graduated from Culver, it gets him closer to Bloomington um, where he gets a chance to see his son play a lot more. Uh, you know, I, hopefully he gets a chance to get an opportunity like that again. Um, the, um, the other one is Scott Radiker at Northridge. Um, I don't know what his disposition is on terms of what he's looking for in a program. Uh, he's done a great job at Northridge. Um, he's definitely a guy that comes into a situation where he would run a full program and, and Fishers is looking for that. You know, they're, they're definitely going to need a guy who can come in and sell that, sell that aspect of it right away. Um, a guy that I like a lot, and and I know he had a phenomenal year, but he still lives down here. Is Fonzo White at Bishop Lures? You know, and and again, you hate to. I'm not naming names with any insight whatsoever. Right, that uh, that these dudes are even that these dudes are even interesting or interested. Um, but he is definitely a kid. A kid. He is definitely a uh, a coach that would, at least logically, would be interested in getting down here. I saw one name mentioned, and I've still got a fourth name, um, but I saw one name mentioned that um, that I, I thought was interesting, and and that was Kerry uh, Miller at Connorsville, or Kerry um, Jones at Connor. Uh, too many Christmas. Um, yeah, Kerry Miller at, at Connorsville. Why, my brain's mush. Zach Miller's dad, right? No. Um, no. Um, shit. Hold on a second. <laughs> God. I'm so awful. 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 Um, Kerry Brown. Good Lord. Why do I have to look that up? That, that's that's a 50 year old brain right there I mean it's I, his his name involved somebody mentioned you know Kerry has been in that southeast section of the state for as long as I've known him and um, I probably need to edit that crap out <laughs> that I don't remember that I screwed up his last probably. name um you know they mentioned somebody was mentioning Dave McCullough and that didn't make much sense just from the standpoint of, I don't think he's going to remove his son from that situation at Shenandoah. Um, and another name that I thought was interesting, really it was, was Kerry Brown and, and Mark Detweiler were the two names that others named that I, I thought were most interesting. And um, Detweiler doesn't have the, the son aspect, you know, where his, his son's graduate, you know, his son's not at Delta. If he is, I don't know that he played. You know, if he is, I don't know that. But um, the success he had at Union County, I mean, if you if you didn't follow Detweiler, he had continued success at Union County, which is right on the the Ohio border. And he has been phenomenal at Delta. And I know they've had some good talent up there, but he has been phenomenal at Delta. Two years, like last year, they went undefeated during the regular season. Uh, this year, I think they were maybe three or four losses going into sectional play. And just he's done an outstanding job and and the the two private school guys that are in the area here tim adams at park tudor bobby allen at, at garen catholic i definitely could see them applying 
I don't know either one's situation, what their teaching load is like, how that fits in it, how that would fit in at Fisher's. But, but Tim done a really nice job at Park Tudor of sort of reclaiming interest in that program uh, from a, I'm going to use the word recruiting, probably the wrong word, but from a outsider standpoint, guys, you know, looking at Park Tudor to come in and play there. Um, and, you know, Bobby had a hard act to follow at Garen Catholic. I mean, both those guys had hard acts to, you know, big shoes to step into, although there was a some coaching transition before Tim got to Park Tudor. But, but, but Bobby following Pete Smith at Garen with the success they had there, I mean, he's – people really like him there. And it, so it would be tough for him to leave. But, you know, you start looking at things like, you know, teaching tenure and, and – 401k and stuff like that it's it's a lot easier viewing that when you're in a public school situation where you get where you get some of those securities that you can grow into sure. but the fourth name i had i had four i had five names in my mind that were um i thought really great fits at fishers galloway we named i named radiker fonso white Corey jackson at heritage christian and then matt loose at wapahani and his son is graduating this year so it'd be a good opportunity for him to maybe transition into a, di a different job, especially if it's a bigger job. Um, I don't, again, no insight whatsoever on if any of these guys are interested, but Corey used to coach at Hamilton Southeastern as an assistant. Um, so th that program, that school corporation knows him extremely well. And, I, and he has done a good job at Heritage Christian for what they typically have to work with. It's, it's not a school that is aggressively, pursuing kids um, to go there, at least in terms of basketball, to my knowledge. And, um, you know, maybe another, at least some boys basketball, maybe girls basketball, I don't know. But but um, I, I don't think that's part of their, hey, this is why you coach at Heritage Christian is to, to get a bunch of studs here. I don't know that it's ever worked out real well there when people have in the past have tried to do it. So, but those would be five names that I, I thought were, were interesting that, came off my head. Another name that was thrown out was Brobston from Frankton. Same situation with his son as McCullough. His son's part of a good group of kids at Frankton. And I just don't think he would be interested in taking his son away from that. Right. So, um, but yeah, those are other than screwing up coach Brown's name at Connorsville. Those would be um, some guys I would look to go after. Somebody mentioned Joey Hart. No way. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know what the, the motivation would be there. You, you coach in an area where you're from, where you've coached for the last God knows how long. His kid's going to be part of a, a of a good group that has a chance to win some state championships. They probably are going to have a chance to win state championship next year. Probably we're on the verge of being in the state finals this year. Um, I, I just don't see Joey uh, leaving that uh, White River Valley area, which is what someone like me would call it, but, but Linton has been a really good place for him. And that part of the state has been great for him and his father who, who coached for many, many years down there. So well, that's it. As far as, as far as the Fishers thing, yeah. the Jordan doc, the Jordan doc, you got anything was, you, you loving that? Yeah, so that was far? pretty good last night. Uh, Rodman crazy dude. Once he got to San Antonio, huh? I mean, I think he was crazy before he got to San Antonio. Let it out then. But I, I, yeah, I, you know, he, he, he really worked hard to get out of San right. Antonio. 
And for all the good teammate stuff that people say he is, you look at that and you look at his little interlude to Vegas. Yeah, that was in the in the middle of a in the middle of a three peat yep. year. I I don't really know how great of a teammate he is at that point, but but I'm being ultra picky, and I'm sure that's just me being old guy yelling at the clouds. But but um, but I would start to question it at that point. But you know who knows? They're three years in together. Rodman's career was done shortly after that Chicago thing unfolded yeah. and, or folded up. Um, so, you know, kind of when you're at the end of your rope, sometimes you, you, you get a little bit of a longer leash, so to speak. And cause at that point they just were trying to get whatever out of him to get through the NBA playoffs, I imagine. Yeah. So if that was their focus, then, then good idea on the inside. But, but from where I'm sitting, uh, not something I'm how how sure I would want to deal with. Um, maybe if I'm getting paid six million a year like Phil was, I could handle it. <laughs> but um, if somebody wants to give me six million a year coaching, uh, my Twitter handle is jwreamer at and hit me up. DMs are open, so I'll take half that to coach. But uh, um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I, there's not been a lot of new information. I, I love the innermost thoughts of some of those guys. That The interviews were way more informative to me than any of the actual details coming out of the footage they right. had. Um, but I gather we're going to start seeing some more practice stuff come up, and that's when we're going to start seeing Dickhead Jordan come out um, where it starts to – things we would hear about Kobe in, in today's social media and today's internet you know, society were a lot easier to keep behind the scenes when, when Jordan was, was playing, especially when Jordan was in his prime. I think we're going to start seeing some of that stuff come out in, in episodes five and six. And, um, and I, you know, people don't get back in the day, you'd have fights and practices and it was relatively common at all levels, even high school level, you'd have fights. And nowadays that would be, that would lead to some parent, at the high school level, some parent going to a principal or, or an athletics director, or that would lead to some somebody calling a, a, a board of trustee at the college level or, or somebody's agent, you know, calling the GM at the professional level. So um, the game was just much more physical. It was much more in your face back then. And, and not that I don't necessarily like this style of basketball better, but, but um I didn't mind some of the ruggedness and I've coached a couple teams where we'd be better off fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so my class of 2008 group, some of those guys, John Peckinpah included, we wouldn't go through too many practices in a row where we didn't have some sort of scuffle between kids. And, and really as much as they liked each other, they were ultra competitive and um, a group that, you know, at least in my guys' case, a group that couldn't wasn't going to beat a whole lot of teams out scoring them. We had to dig down deep and just kind of beat them up physically, and and that sometimes in practice manifested itself in some extracurriculars. And and um, somehow I enjoyed that group. So I don't know. Interesting. I'm looking forward to the next few episodes of this documentary. Yeah, for sure. So, what have you liked about it? What have you liked about it so far? Just I, it, a lot of the stuff I I wasn't aware of. Uh, maybe because of the age gap a little bit. I mean, I'm 37, but I was still involved in watching a lot of the Jordan stuff. I had Jordan dream team Jersey watched all the finals and stuff with parent, my parents at basketball parties and stuff back in the day. But 
just digging deeper into some of the, how some of those guys felt about what was going on, who was running the show. The whole, all the Krause stuff is interesting. I felt like last night's was a little choppy. We were, went from Rodman right to Phil Jackson, and it, that was episode four, I believe, or three, I believe, right when they did that. Uh, I think four was more Phil. I yeah, I don't know. I I, I wasn't as enthused with the timeline yeah. shifting this this second week as I was yeah, the first same. week. I'm anxious to get to the dream team to see if they come. Yeah, that'll that. be interesting for sure. Because that's going to be a real crap on Isaiah. And and that's just been interesting to see how that's developed even after all those guys have retired and how that's still kind of a thing. And you saw some of that as they discussed the end of when the, the Bulls finally got over the hump with Detroit. Jordan's basically calling bull crap on Isaiah. Yep. Saying, you know, revisionist history, you can tell me whatever you think. You can, like what he say, you can show me whatever video you want. I'm not going to believe him. And uh, it, it's funny. Jordan's the big winner of that group on the court and off the court. He's still harboring some resentment. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, Bad blood there for yes. sure. Still. I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's easier to, to be that way when you're the King of a Hill, but uh, it, it's funny. I, I'm a, I hate it. I rooted like hell against Jordan when he played, especially the, oh, the Pacers. Pacers but, yeah. But I knew what I was watching at the time, which was the, the greatest basketball player of all time. So, and uh, I'm going down with that ship till the day I die, probably. At least I've not seen anything since that changed my mind. Although I do think LeBron is is something special. And, um, but for someone who didn't see Kareem in his prime, um, I would venture to say that I'm not 100 percent sure that LeBron's the second best player of all time. But um, but he's not any lower than third. So to me, it's, it's, it's Jordan Kareem and, and LeBron, you know, Kareem one of the, is one of those dudes that played so long past his prime and, and was productive enough to right. do so and win that like I caught him at the tail end of it. You know, I, I caught him when that between time when he was leading, when he, you know, he led the bucks to a, to a title and, gets traded to the Lakers and there's some there's some couple of maybe average years when he's starting to get old, but then Magic sort of rejuvenated his career and was able to carry him through another decade. And um you know, I don't think people realize how devastating he was uh when on both ends of the floor when he when he was really good. So but yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so far. I'm and I'm looking forward to the final the final yeah, six no episodes. So Anything else before we go? Um, your boy Paul Casaro's got a couple guys coming. I see coming back home. He does, yeah. Transfers uh, Jacoby Robinson and and um, and uh, Alec or um, Aaron Edrington. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby over from McKendry. Now, will he have to sit out a year? Uh, usually, usually you do when it's the same uh, conference. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Also, I'm not sure on that yet. And he just had a health situation, which I'm not fully versed on so i'm not going to say much more than that but i know he just had a surgery so he might need a year anyway but i don't know that for sure but etherington will be able to play right away transferring down from right, d1 to right. d2 and um of course cam alford just as you alerted me today i should say you told me this cam alford transferring from alabama a&m after having a good year statistically for them um be curious to see what happens there 
in terms of interest in him and and what he's looking for if he's motivated by maybe a bigger conference or if he's motivated by being closer to home or maybe somehow gets a chance to do both interesting very yeah um, but he was a kid that damn it one pass away from Carmel really being undefeated during the regular season two years ago and uh the only loss they had was he he sat on a ball reversal with I don't know six seconds to go and and plucked it and he had been eyeing that pass the whole stinking game and he finally got in a passing lane far enough to get a hand on it went down and finished and, and Brownsburg was able to beat Carmel by one so that was their only loss in that 19 uh that 2019 season or the 2018-2019 season so um great great kid hated him there for about four <laughs> seconds but great kid and um it'll be interesting to see what he does um yeah for sure with his with his transfer so well zach i think uh, i think that does it um class of 2023 is going to be a deep one uh i thought we did a pretty good job of covering a lot of the kids today that um made an impact on the varsity level so appreciate your time as always especially with uh, northern indiana kids yeah glad i could be a part of it again and uh, we'll see you again next monday uh, subject to be determined but i got a couple of ideas so uh, if you guys have listened uh, this is episode seven of courtside indiana you can follow us um, on you can subscribe to our podcast on apple podcast spotify and soundcloud and if you could leave a a, a good review and a five-star rating especially on Apple. Uh, greatly appreciate it. So for Zach Tyler, this is Jim Reamer. Have a good week, guys.